Oh, wasn't that exciting? The tears were rolling down here. I thought, oh, well, who believes here that God is going to do something in this church? Who here believes that God's going to release people who've been in bondage for years? Okay. Who believes here that you're going to see healings and miracles in this place? Okay, that's good. There's a few people in the church. Who believes here that revival, like we've never seen, is on its way? Okay, that's good. Tick that one. Who believes here that we're going to see new wine, new wineskins? New souls coming in saying, who can teach me the Bible? Who believes that we'll see many new converts? Who here believes that we have the most hope than anybody who walks on the earth? We're the only people who have hope. Everybody else thinks they have hope. But we have hope. And remember, hope is the joyful expectation of God. Hope is rejoicing before there's anything seen to rejoice about. Okay. So if you said yes to any of those questions, then collectively we have set this church up for a new day. If that's what you really believe, get ready for what God is about to do. A new outbreak of his divine plan. And having expectations expectancy is positioning ourselves as a church for what God has intentioned for us since the beginning. We are positioning ourselves for him to do what he wants to do. And a major part of that positioning is expectation. If if you don't know how to spell it, the person next to you will help you write it down. Expectation. You know, expectation, when I began to look through the Bible, I saw expectation everywhere. In the Old Testament, way back, the prophets said, up ahead, the Messiah is coming. There was a massive expectation. People expected that one day the Saviour was going to come and rule the world with Israel on top. They had an expectation. Then in the New Testament, we see John the Baptist saying, there's one who's coming after me whose shoes I'm not worthy to unleash unleash the shoelaces of. He set up expectation again and they began to believe the saviour was just about to emerge. Then when Jesus comes after three years, he says, tarry in Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the father. So it is something that God does. He gives us something to look forward to. Um... In other words, get ready for what's about to happen that will change your lives forever. Come on. Okay. All right. Recently, I had an experience. Um, In my house where I live, I come up the stairs and I walk past my art room and then I go to my room. And I noticed over a few weeks that every time I walked past the art room, I felt excited. Then I actually got to my bedroom and thought, I think I'll go back there again. So I would stand in the doorway and suddenly this wave of, ah, it was like the pleasure of God. It was like the promise of a brilliant future. It was like expectancy, like I hadn't 
sort of thought of it before. And as I stood there, I began to realise that in, my, uh, uh, in the art room, this pleasure seemed to dose me. And it, I sat down a couple of weeks ago and said, God, what is this? What are you trying to say to me? And um, he told me about expectancy. So off I went the next day to the art gallery. And my artwork was up on the wall of the Bribe Gallery. I go to class. Some woman comes up to me and says, Do you know, would you like to teach us uh, what you know about fashion illustration? So I've got a class or a lecture to do next year. So I'm excited. I think, God, expectancies works or something. And so as I'm coming home, I really, I said, God, you're talking to me about a lot more than art. You are saying something here that's really profound. And my mind went to when I was working in, um, did my two chaplaincy days. And a while back, I had a couple of weeks where I'd come home in the car and I'd think, the coldness of Australian hearts, you know, um, they hate religion, they've worked out their own religion and they don't want to be told, no, don't you push anything on me. So I'm justifying it, I'm analysing it. And the Lord reminded me of that and he said, maybe you weren't expecting. So this following week, I went off to both hospitals and I had adjusted my expector. And on the way, I'm saying, okay, God, Spirit of God, you are going to move. You're going to do stuff. I don't know what, but you will make this have meaning and more than meaning. So this last week, I had two fantastic days. One in Redcliffe, I met an old colleague whose mother I worked with. Um, I, met, I, I met a lovely 17-year-old girl that had been backslidden from City Point and she'd just given her heart back to the Lord. We had a fantastic time. She prayed the roof off when we were praying together. Um, it was so enjoyable and so good to be there to encourage her at that time, to go back to her church and all of that. So when I came home, I thought, Lord, you really are into this expectancy thing. And I wondered if our days where we don't expect, we get that. We just get what we don't expect. Um, expectation precipitates his... Oh, I forgot to tell you one point there. When I was standing in the art room, I couldn't understand why God was so flooding me with this sense of his pleasure in the art room. Why not in the bedroom? Why not? It was sort of associated with the art. And I said, well, what's all that about, Lord? And he said, 52 years ago, you made a decision. You had an invitation to live with a pastor and his wife in Colac in Victoria and to, for discipleship. You also had an invitation to apply for a job that you had trained for and you possibly would have gotten, probably would have gotten. He said, you chose me. He said, today, when you walk in here and paint and draw, you have my pleasure. Ah, oh, tell you what, even now I get so excited. I just want a ball. But so I feel the pleasure of God when I pick up a paintbrush. Now I can barely walk past that room without going in and dipping the paint in on the paper. So I, I absolutely appreciate that. Expectation precipitates his promises. Expectation knows God. 
He knows he keeps his word and that he's a good God and that he loves us. Sometimes our expectation, we've forgotten how good God is and that he wants to bless us. It's not all pain and suffering, doom and gloom. This is a God who loves to give. This is a kind father. And Christians should live in eager expectation that something good is going to happen. That should be daily. I've been learning now uh, uh, to refresh my expecter. Jesus said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, what about your heavenly father? Won't he give good gifts to those who ask him? So in other words, expect good from God. He's a giving God, not a tightwad and a, a mean old man that just, oh, I don't know whether that's good for him. No, he's not like that. There's something in his heart that's passionate to pour out on his children. You just think of yourself as a natural father. You just want to give them all you've got. You want to bless them. And you have to balance it with what is good for them, with a bit of wisdom, yes. But the heart behind it is you want to bless them with everything. A person who demonstrated expectancy, and it's a very common reference, but it just works, is Jonathan and his armour-bearer in 1 Samuel 14, 12. You know, they both took off and decided to take a city for God. Two blokes. A city. And Jonathan said to his armour-bearer, come up after me, for the Lord has delivered the enemy into our hands. You know, if I was in the city with all those other warriors and saw two little blokes coming up, I would have mocked them too. I would have thought, what cheek? You know, sometimes expectancy is cheeky. They took that place. You know, and the time, it wasn't a time when his faith was boosted and he was, everything was spiritual all around him. Saul was in disarray. Israel was in a bit of a mucked up situation. But suddenly, Jonathan gets a certainty, gets something that says, let's go for it, and sort of steps out on the water, you might say, steps up on the wall of the city. But he had a growing certainty that the enemy was theirs. He had a certainty because he knew God's heart was for them to triumph. He knew Israel was to conquer their enemies. He had that faith in his heart. What about David running toward Goliath? He, who is this guy that's rabbiting on about the uh, Israel, God's people? And he's there full of positive certainty that this guy was going down. And so, but he knew it from the spirit of God. He expected to triumph because he knew he had the Lord Lord God Almighty with him. He expected victory. He knew that this was God's battle. Now, another person who amazes me is Hannah. Hannah was a woman who, um, she was married to a man who had another wife, and the other wife was very productive and had children. But Hannah had none, and it disturbed her. She decided to go to the temple when they were there that year and poured it all out to the Lord. Eli was the priest at the time, and he thought she was drunk. He rebukes her. She explains, no, she said, I'm seeking God because there's something I need. And he said, may God grant you what you have requested. Well, every bit of pain that lady had, it says, 
she dropped all her burden, her negative burden, all her fear, her insecurities, her everything. She, it's, she knew it was going to happen. They went on their way the next day. There's no more mention of her being stressed by anything. She lost her stress. The Bible says she gave over her anxiety. So that, to me, is expectancy. God spoke to her. She went home, and yes, she became the mother of a famous prophet. So to me, she knew she'd had an encounter with God. She knew God had said it. That was it. She was on her way. It was all over. There was no more struggle with the other wife. She just knew God was on his way. Um, now, I've been meditating on the cripple that Peter prays for in Acts 2. And he is sitting there on the side with his arm out like this with looking for money, finance, to get food, to survive. And I've heard somebody say... He was looking for arms, but he got legs. So he expected something. It wasn't quite legs, but uh, Peter expected God to move. So, okay. And as I have searched through the scriptures recently, everywhere I look, change, breakthroughs, miracles come with faith um, and expectancy. There's no getting away from the fact that faith is essential for the progression of the kingdom of God. That's why we are being challenged and rallied today and last week for getting ready, aligning ourselves with what God's planned for this church, aligning ourselves with expectancy and knowing that he is going to work here in a powerful way. Do You know, the word expectancy means Straining forward. Straining forward with expectation. So I suspect that God is wants, wanting us to strain forward for what he is about to do. So in Romans 15, 13, it says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound with hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. God wants us to... This joy and peace in believing and in expectancy. I believe sometimes we're robbed of our joy and our peace because we don't expect. There is a spiritual law of expectation that God's promises will come to pass. In Psalm 62.5 it says, My soul wait upon God for my expectation is from him. We only should expect good from him who loves us. But what about Job, you ask? There's the question. What happened to Job came from reasons that only God and the spiritual world knew about. But when he came through, God poured on him double that he'd ever had before. He poured out every... That trial was for a season. It didn't happen over the entire of Job's life. It was a season that brought him to another place in the Lord. And God dosed him and dosed him with double everything. More kids, more houses, more sheep, more cattle, more everything. I imagine his wife got nicer. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the trial didn't last his whole life. You know, he would have been able to say, I went through hell but I smell like heaven. Mostly he had a rich and a rewarding life. And life, as we all know, doesn't exclude challenges 
trials and temptations, but don't let it rob you of hope for the future. Lift up your expector. Lift up your, um, that, that something that Peter had when he went to step out of the boat. If that's you, God, get me out of the boat. Well, there were, he expected that somehow it was going to happen. He crashed after a while. But we won't hold that against him. He's the only one who's ever walked on water. Um, but what's interesting is that what we believe we do receive, what we believe we have got to be careful that we believe what God has said and not our feelings, our thoughts, our dark experiences and our negatives and uh, where things have failed before, our expectors gone low because we prayed for someone, they weren't healed, we expected this job, we didn't get it. Um, issues crop up like that, but don't let it destroy your hope and make a conscious effort to lift up your expector again. I know in whom I believe. So don't let the negatives of life quench that lively trust in God. So, now there is a way of uh, helping, and I think I found it in the book of Jude, where it says, build yourself up in your most holy faith. There's some instruction there. What happens when our faith's flat, when we see nothing happen, when all of that happens? It says to build yourself up in your most holy faith. But that, and that suggests it can dwindle. Jude was saying, okay, you've had some knocks, so build yourself up again. This is the job to do. Our expector can be damaged. Um, there's times when we get discouraged with what doesn't happen and what we want to see and what we've been promised. Those times are the times to build yourself up. Go to the word of God, declare it, speak it to yourself. They're the times sometimes we've given up on our active faith. Okay, we accept, we're saved, filled with the Spirit, speaking tongues and we go to church. But faith that is active moves the kingdom. We do need a faith that rises every day, that this day will be for the glory of God. Our expector needs to know that this day, with you in it and the Holy Spirit, will improve you will improve the lives of those around you. You'll give a word of encouragement. It will be a time where you will activate your faith by stepping out in your gifts or in whatever. But being a supportive person in your workplace, um, it is more, active faith is more than just a passive acceptance, okay? We've come all these years with the Lord. That's terrific. We just want to get home now to heaven. You know what? I've had that thought. Um, but knowing full well that I was naughty. And God expects us to lift up our heart and look to him. Um, if we expect the worst or the same old, our expector needs repair. I know those of us who've been around and we're all a bit scared of over faith and word of faith, but I tell you, no faith is far worse Nothing happens without faith. Um, faith is the answer. It's not scriptural to drop your faith. 
Hebrews 11 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. What? The just shall live by faith. The rest of that scripture says, anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Your answer is on the way. You have got to trust. Um, The just shall live by faith, it says in Romans. How many times did Jesus, when he was surrounded by people, when people got healed, he said, your faith has saved you. Your faith has saved you. That woman who reached out to touch his garment, if that was an expectation, I don't know what was. And she got healed. And he said, wow. And then there was another guy, I think, his daughter, he was asking for help for his daughter. And Jesus said, I haven't seen this kind of faith in all of Israel. So Jesus finds faith important. It's, it's something that really charms him. It blesses him. Um, and how many times did he, well, he said it to Peter on the day of the water business, but other times he'd say, oh, you of little faith. So God is looking for our faith. So he's conscious of um, us taking hold of what he has promised, taking hold of the kingdom of God. He didn't save us and baptise us in the Holy Spirit so we could live below the waterline or with our heads just above water. (laughs) So we could live just so we could live in defeat. We have been anointed to triumph and overcome all that life sends our way. I feel God was so blessed with that young woman. She had some real faith going on there in her heart and shocked the daylights out of everyone. I've never forgotten a great sermon by Stewie years ago about the overcoming life. You literally felt oxygen coming back into your lungs. Faith was taking up residence again. Without faith, we can do nothing. Have expectancy for God to intervene in your situation right now. Trust that God is going to do something. Speak it out. Declare it. Declare it to the, in your bedroom. Declare it. And start to not accept blah and low receptivity or low expectation. Don't accept it. When you see it coming up on the horizon, get your, whole, your word of God out and ping it with God's promises. Drink in the word of God. Strengthen your faith. Okay. Uh, Jude also says, building yourself up in your most holy faith, so obviously it can drop down. Faith is holy. He said, your holy faith. It's holy and it is expected to be something we operate in and live in. Keep building up your inner life and faith. Our water levels need elevating in preparation for this revival, individually and collectively. I I, I love to hear that individuals have broken through in the spirit and have suddenly got a different mindset. But when the whole church is bopping with expectation, I can see God breaking yokes of people in Caboolture like we have not seen. He wants us to gather. We're in unity, a mighty force against the darkness that has quenched the lives of all of these um, Caboolturites, the children, the many people we hear sad things about. Um, Praying in the spirit, Jude suggests as well. And I have so enjoyed praying in the spirit on Friday nights with the youth 
and the team. And what's so good is there's an abute sense of the presence of the Lord, but there's an expectancy that God is going to move. And do you know what? He does. He has. He moved on Friday night. Fasting is another way to reignite our chained-up expector and faith. Fasting helps us focus. Jesus said, in those days, they will fast. They're going to get serious. They won't let the apathy, particularly us in the West, the apathy of our religion um, and our abundance of everything um, bring us into a passive place. So the word of God is to be our meat and drink. Jesus said on his fast in the desert, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word of God. And Psalm 1 says, meditate in the law of God day and night. He will be fruitful and all he does will prosper. That's what the Bible says. You don't realise how much we need the word of God and that the word of God renewing our mind affects our faith and our expecta. It's time to reimagine the future, yours. When I was standing in the art room, in the spirit I could see all these incredible things happening, starting to happen. I couldn't tell you exactly what they were, but there was, it was an abundance of, um, I forget the word now, expectation anyway. So, law of expectancy unleashes the supernatural. Isn't it time we stirred up the gift that is within us? We stirred up our faith. Psalm 62.5 says, Yes, my soul finds rest in him. My expectation comes from him. Proverbs 23.18 says, Your expectation will not be cut off. Proverbs 24.14, When you have wisdom, your expectation will be not cut off. And wisdom is looking up to God and seeing his word. The time is urgent for us to seek God. This, above all times, is time to press in. Instead of focusing on the stuff, let's focus on God coming to earth, for God moving through us to bring breakthrough and yokes broken in our locality. Let's have God's vision for this church. It's not meant to be a building that homes people. It's meant to be a place where people are strengthened to go forth in his name and speak into the hearts and lives of others. And to see stuff happen. God asks us to fill our tanks for what's ahead. He's stirring us to expectation of his promises to us. And I have a great sense that we are headed for a new day. And I think he wants to prepare us and to, with a great mighty sweep of his arm, put a new fire in our hearts and a new sense that he's doing stuff. Let's, uh, let's get with him on it. In your prayers, expect instead of begging. Ever prayed some begging prayers? Oh, God. The best way to deal with a begging style of prayer is thanksgiving. Thanking him for what he's done already. You know, he knows what you need and what you're praying about. Just say, God, I just trust you. for Build up your faith. Sometimes we have to diagnose ourselves. Where is our faith at? Where is our trust level at? So we look and we realise that we're not expecting. It, it all seems grim. It seems a bit dark. And that negativism has come over our mind. Diagnose yourself. 
and then start to administer God's medicine, which is his word, his mindset, his promises, uh, praying in tongues, get focused. Um, so thank God. And are you expecting? And are you tired of the straitjacket of depression? Are you tired of the straitjacket of glum? Time to throw it off this morning. Time to throw it off once and for all. You haven't been made to be miserable. You did not get saved to be miserable. You did not get filled with the Spirit to be miserable and to be under par. Are you expecting today? Good. Can you say, I've been through hell, but I smell like heaven? <clears throat> I'm going to ask us to do something today. I'm wondering whether we would all bow our heads in prayer and I want us to ask God to forgive us for our doubt, our negativity, our unbelief, our passivity. We need a heart cleansing sometimes. We've put up with less than the best. We've put up with blah. Sometimes it's really good to come to God and acknowledge that you, are, you have disappointed God, you have sinned. I've had times when I've sat down and I said, God, my faith's in my boots. Please help me. And he will point me then to his word. So now this morning, let us all bow our heads in prayer. And I feel you can all speak out loud to God um, or quietly to yourself or whatever. But be really honest before the Lord today and say, God, I want a clean, fresh approach to life. I want to have faith, the faith of the Son of God. I want to see things differently. I want to see your purposes and plans in my life instead of drudge and failure. And I want to help, ask you to help me lift up, lift up my vision and lift up my spirit and my thinking to a better place than it has been. So I'll give you time to just pray that right now. Lord, all of us, all of us, Lord, let there be a rewashing, a washing, a refreshing, Lord, to prepare our hearts for what you are about to do. And to, you are about to use people who thought they would never be used. Used, Lord, people who thought they were past the point of being used, Lord. I pray you would give fresh vigour to our uh, relationship with you, fresh vigour in our expectancy, fresh vigour in our day-to-day -day life where we know that you're going to do stuff, Lord. You have promised it if we work with you, if we position ourselves for what you're about to do. Thank you for that. We're very early today, but I just want to say I just thirst for what God is wanting to do and I long for breakouts, not for just halfway mark experience in the Lord, but there is a stepping out on the water required. There is a stepping out in faith in situations. There is something that shakes our, um, our conservative, 
ooh, ooh, I don't want to upset anybody thing. Sometimes it does require a confident, like this young girl, she knew everyone else didn't, but she knew and pushed through. I also meant to tell you too that there was, I have two missionaries that I'm in contact with and one of them is, the, the woman is from Whamuran and they've been missionaries for world, uh, world outreach for quite a few years and they work amongst the indigenous and now they work with New Guineans as well. And a young girl was drowned in a muddy river and I don't know the process between there and all her friends standing around her and praying and she was risen from the dead. Now that came from reputable missionaries. So God does want to move. He is looking for channels. He's looking for believers, not doubters. He's looking for expectors, not collapsed. You know, I often think of an expector as something out there like that, but you're an expector when it goes down. You know, your expectation is not good. Misery awaits. I've had miserable days because my, the, traje the trajectory of my expectation was negative and, and low. So God says, lift up your hearts for what he's about to do. Thank you.